What's up, everybody? Welcome to Shiny Razor Wire, a new travel podcast about adventure travel, edgy destinations, dodgy experiences, getting lost, getting wasted, living it up in luxury sometimes, and wondering if you packed your body bag at other times. Get ready, because this isn't your ordinary travel show. This is Shiny Razor Wire. And here are your hosts for this crazy adventure, John and Delany. Hey everybody, welcome back to Shiny Razor Wire. If you'll remember from the last episode on Colombia, we split it into two because there was just so much good shit to talk about when we were reminiscing about Colombia. So we're back now with the second part. Enjoy Shiny Razor Wire, Colombia, part dos. Here we go. So one of the other things that um, I really remember about Bogota, did you get a chance to play Tejo? No, but I know what that is. That's like the game. What's that game you play? Like Cornhole? Um, well, ish. I know I was like, what is he going to compare it to? I don't know <laughs> if there's anything to compare this to. So Tejo, T-E-J-O, Tejo, <laughs> as somebody who doesn't, tejo. who speaks normal, I'm sure. It's actually the national sport of Colombia, but they have these sort of Tejo bars that you go to. It's mostly men. You don't see very many women. And they sit around and they just drink beer and they play Tejo. So what it is, is you take this metal disc and you throw it about... (laughs) Ariel. You throw it... (laughs) I love she is just running around the house. Um, So you take this metal disc and you throw it... She's playing (laughs) Tejo. She totally is. You throw it 50 feet at this board that is covered with clay and you throw it at these targets and the targets have gunpowder in them. So when you throw the metal disc and hit the target, it explodes. And so it's just this like pop cap, but louder kind of game. And it's sort of... That actually sounds fun. It's so fun. And have you ever seen those places where it's kind of popular nowadays to go to those places where you axe throw? Exactly. It's very similar to that where they cordon off an area. And so, you know, you throw only at your thing. But so you throw this disc at this clay that has gunpowder in it while you drink beer. It's super fun. That sounds like it would be invented in Colombia. All over the place. And you can go to little ones. They have bigger ones. But the one we went to was kind of small. And when we walked in, they kind of look at you, you know, it's like getting into a dive bar or something where the record (laughs) stops. But then we just did our (laughs) thing and totally and we played and it's really fun. So I highly recommend doing Tejo if you go to Bogota. I'm not sure how prevalent it is in the whole rest of the country. Although, like I said, it is the national sport, so it must be everywhere. But I don't remember seeing it as much when I went to Cartagena. I'm going to have to put Tejo on my list right after the Gold Museum for my next trip there, because that really does sound a lot of fun. Another great thing about Bogota, just to mention, lots and lots of really delicious street food. I was Um, getting ready to say, we've talked this long about anywhere, and we haven't mentioned food. (laughs) I know, for real. Lots of amazing street food. The fruit, especially when you get down to the coast in Cartagena, fresh fruit is amazing. And I just, of course, love Colombia because it's one of the countries that I've been to where I was able to buy a fresh coconut every single day and have coconut water, which I love, love, love. I had coconut in the Maldives, but I mean, it's kind of earthy, isn't it? To drink it right out Um, of the coconut? No, I think it, I mean, 
I drink coconut water just like you could buy at the yeah, grocery store. Yeah, but that's store. filtered, right? No, but it's still pure coconut water. It's like no sugar added if you buy that same okay. stuff. And Maybe um, I had a no, dirty coconut. You must have had a... That's another... It sounds like a sex position. <laughs> <laughs> the dirty coconut. It sounds like a... Um, it sounds like it should be a, a cocktail. I'll have a dirty coconut. <laughs> I love how you're like, it's a cocktail, and I'm like, it's a sex position. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> my, we did a dirty coconut, and he hit my circlovia. <laughs> only in Colombia. Exactly. Well, in Colombia. Yeah, you can only do a dirty coconut in, um, in Colombia. Did you do a no. dirty coconut with your El Salvadorian friend you met in Japan? <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. No, we were too busy praying. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, like Thailand. Oh, you haven't done a lot of Asia. Thailand, um, Vietnam, <laughs> like all those. You want to drink a coconut every day because it's so damn horrendously hot that you want that repletion of like electrolytes. Oh, yeah. Um, Bali, anywhere that they sell coconuts for cheap. I have one a day. That's my thing. When I make it to Southeast Asia, I'll make sure to do the dirty coconut every day. Exactly. I bet you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I think of Colombia, the food that always comes to mind for me is, have you ever had arepas? Yes. So now I have to be careful because I have Venezuelan friends that would beat my tail if they knew that I was talking about arepas when talking about Colombia, because there is a fierce battle over whether or not arepas are from Colombia or from Venezuela. I mean, my impression is they're from that region, kind of before it was Colombia or when it was New Spain. <laughs> so Venezuelans get really possessive about their arepas. But arepas are also very popular in Colombia. And for those who don't know, they're, they're kind of like a circular corn flour patty that's cooked and it's filled with usually meat and or cheese the cheese ones are really good but arepas are really really common and popular in colombia and that's what i think of when i think of food in colombia yeah mostly cheese meat chicken etc and then you can also split them to make a sandwich yeah arepas are delicious did you have a dish called ajiaco there? It's kind of like a chicken stew with potatoes and corn and a bunch of other stuff in it. Did you have anything that sounds or looked like that? Yeah, that sounds familiar. That's a traditional Colombian dish, ajiaco, like A-J-I-A-C-O. And it's really, it's actually really healthy because it's kind of like a stew with chicken and it's got usually pieces from an ear of corn shaved off into it and it can have like avocado and a bunch of other stuff added on top but that's really good and and really healthy and light as well yeah yeah there's this place actually on plaza bolivar in the old town of bogota called la puerta falsa like the false door that it's really famous for traditional dishes uh colombian local dishes but that's where i had ajiaco and that's just a really good place too to just not only try that but a lot of local traditional colombian stuff And it's in the center by an area that most tourists visit anyway. So La Puerta Falsa is a place that people should remember. And you know, I can't believe, speaking of things that we have missed so far, I can't believe we've gotten this far into a discussion on Colombia and have not even mentioned or talked about coffee. Coffee? Um, That's another thing. When people think of Colombia, it's drugs, violence. And I think number three is coffee because we associate, Colombia is like, I don't know if it still is, but it certainly used to be one of the top coffee producers in the world. 
You're absolutely right. And I, I totally would have forgotten about that. And, you know, I must have had Colombian coffee, but I don't see, I'm not a huge coffee person. There's definitely people where coffee is their life. They can't function without it. They have their blend. Especially I'm raising my hand right now. Can't function yeah, without it. Yeah. Uh, but even where I live, oh my God, coffee is like so snobby here. Oh, I'll bet. Especially over in the East Bay. I mean, people have their devotees to certain things, whereas I'm just super happy with instant, I know, which is utter sacrilege. But um, coffee... I must have had it there, but nothing is really jumping out in my memory as, oh my God, that's the best coffee I ever had. Did you see any of the Juan Valdez coffee shops when you were there? Because we grew up with Juan Valdez Valdez commercials commercials. on TV. Yeah. And so I remember the first time I saw Juan Valdez coffee shop there, I was like, oh my God, I got to go in and try it. That's kind of like, I guess, maybe the Dunkin' Donuts of Colombia. It's not even that great, but it's the most famous coffee brand, I think, globally from Colombia. And so as soon as I saw that there, I was, I got to go try it. But there's another coffee chain there called Azahar, like A-Z-A-H-A-R, Azahar, that is now a little bit more of a chic trendy coffee house chain but they actually have a street coffee that everybody drinks it's really popular it's really common called tinto like t-i-n-t-o yes tinto. i definitely had that yeah, yeah see that is it's strong it's sweet it's cheap and everybody drinks it and it's funny to me because here in spain tinto is it's kind of like another ver- it's like a variation of sangria but in colombia yeah tinto is a street coffee and it's kind of like if you can imagine sort of turkish coffee it's it's sweet it's strong and everybody drinks it but coffee in colombia is kind of like wine in france or italy there are coffee farms out in the countryside all over colombia that are kind of like vineyards in france i mean people go to it people make day trips out to it and go see how it's made see how it's harvested and coffee too in colombia is also as very it can be as varied as wines in different regions of france and italy so you might have different tastes for the variety of coffee that comes from one farm versus another or one region versus another and there's actually an area in Colombia called La Zona Cafetera, which means literally means the coffee zone. But we, in English, we usually refer to it as the coffee triangle. And this is where tons and tons of coffee farms are, ranging from large industrial productions all the way down to small mom and pop or family coffee farms. And you can go make visits out to these and try the coffee and kind of get a coffee education. And that's something I'd really recommend too. You have a couple of other types of coffee in Colombia too, besides that Tinto. And if you you're a coffee drinker, having a coffee experience in Colombia is also something that you really must do. It's it's high on my list too for when I go back to try a couple of coffee farms. Yeah, I guess I should uh, do that. I definitely tasted it and I remember it's coming back to me because coffee is not that important to my life. I know what you're saying now and um, the Tinto versus just cafe versus like swill versus the <laughs> nice coffee that you would get. And also the Tinto, isn't it kind of along the same lines as a espresso, like you only need a little bit? Yeah, it's really strong. Yeah. Yeah, coffee and I, it, it's, I don't need a lot. It makes me really jittery and um, does not do well with my estomac. <laughs> so, <laughs> estomago. Yeah, exactly. Um, el cupu. So um, did you get a chance to go to Cartagena? No, I really, really want to go to Cartagena. I've heard wonderful things about it. You loved it, right? 
I did really enjoy Cartagena. Now, Bogota is more my speed weather-wise. Um, I do not like so much the hot weather. So, you know, as I mentioned, it was August. Bogota, definitely, I loved. The hot weather really slows me down. And then you arrive in Cartagena and you have some very different distinctions from say Bogota. First of all, obviously the weather, it's a completely different climate. I mean, it almost seems like a totally different country. Then the other thing that you notice going to both cities is that in Bogota, there's a lot more of that Spanish European influence, but then you go to Cartagena and there's a lot of that influence from the people of the Caribbean, much hotter, humid sea level, but still a super cool town. And um, did you feel safe it, walking around in Cartagena? I did. There's now again, you no, know, I was with somebody most of the time who's male and looks Spanish or South American or, you know, not white for all intents and purposes who spoke fluent Spanish. So I was never concerned for my safety, but it's, you know, just like any other city, safety is relative. You know, you have to just be aware of your surroundings, be aware of time of day. I felt it was pretty safe. You can go to the beaches in Cartagena. There are museums. There's more colonial stuff in Cartagena that you want to see. There's a huge fortress uh, up on the hill in Cartagena. It's called Castillo de San Felipe de Barajas. And Oh, Barajas is the name of the airport in Madrid. It means, you know what that means? I don't. Playing cards. Because uh, San Felipe is named after like Philip. Saint Philip, of, yeah. Yeah, or one of the kings of Spain. Uh, yeah, but there were a couple of Philips. Yeah, that's that Philip, and then the castle. Well, Barajas is also a last name, Philip. like the the. I was gonna say. Yeah, the, they didn't name it after like the airport <laughs> in Madrid is named after a general whose last name was Barajas, but it also right. Barajas also are playing cards. Interesting. So the castle of Philip who played cards, just like nurses. <laughs> so yeah, it was built in the 1500s. It's on the top of a hill. It's really high walls. It's super well preserved. Um, there's like tunnels, bunkers, visitors obviously go there. There's tours. At some point, you know, in the last X amount of years, it was declared a UNESCO heritage site. And um, it also, I think, closes down for government type of events, summits, um, diplomatic stuff, but it's just the tunnels are really cool to go through. And when we were there, right when we got there, the sky just opened up and it torrentially rained unlike any other rain I've ever been in, soaked to the absolute skin, like soaked, like even your underwear, like just soaked. And we had to walk around this fortress just soaking wet. And then of course it stops 10 minutes later and it's super sunny. And then you're trying to dry, but yet it's humid and you're soaked to the skin. It was not exactly the most pleasant, but um, that fortress, I think you would really like, and there's mm. cannons and shit and it's up on top of the city. Nice. Yeah, so, I really love historic stuff like that. The big thing that Cartagena is known for is their old town. It's sort of a walled city also, and that is just a super must-see. It's not high walls. Like, you can go and sit on the city walls and watch sunset. It's beautiful for that. But um, within this walled city, there's these beautiful, colorful buildings, tons of shops, tons of colonial architecture. There's a gold museum, like I said, restaurants, again, with the murals and the street art, but it's just more contained. And it's all these little alleyways and cobblestones. And that's where the, <laughs> the fat Gertrude is with the 
Oh, boob, yeah. The bronze boob that you touch for good luck. Old Town is just amazing. Mostly you stay out of Old Town and you might take a taxi there, but it's the sight to see in Cartagena and what Cartagena is known for. And then just the pictures that you can get, the doors, the, the street art, the restaurants, and there's lots of little plazas. It's like nightlife, you know, kind of like Madrid that's sitting outside till wee hours and just people eating and drinking and just mm -hmm. having fun. You would love it. Very nice. Well, we've talked about Bogota and Cartagena. Um, we should probably also mention a little bit about just a few of the other major cities that people probably would have heard of in Colombia. Many people may have heard of Medellin because that's where, well, the Medellin cartel, that's where Pablo Escobar was centered and, and famous for. But, you know, Medellin used to be considered, literally it had the tagline, the most dangerous city in the world back in the 80s. But it's seen a huge huge drop in violent crime over the past 10 or 15 years I and think cali is more dangerous yeah i've really. heard that i haven't been to cali but i have heard that yeah, if neither. you are going to avoid one city in colombia cali i mean there are good areas of cali i have heard you know there's a couple of really good areas san antonio i've heard of in in cali and i only remember that because of san antonio texas but there's a neighborhood in cali called san antonio that supposedly has clubs on every corner and you know people are kind of drinking in the clubs and spilling out on the street it's one of those areas one of those neighborhoods that's just packed with party goers and actually i would really love to see it i would i would totally go to cali now there are bad neighborhoods of cali you have to do your research if you're going to go to cali because there are some places you definitely don't want to be you know caught at night there's some places that you want to stay out of even the day you know a lot of um you, you think of these types of areas more with the South American countries further south on the continent, like Rio and Buenos Aires that have the favelas. But there are some areas like that in some Colombian cities. You've just got to know where you are and do your research and know that in places like Bogota and Cartagena and even Medellin, most of the city, especially during the day, is going to be perfectly fine. And like you said earlier, it's really the petty crime that you have to worry about, you know, getting pickpocketed. Or, you know, if you're flashing your Rolex, of course, somebody's going to want that. I mean, hell, if you flash your Rolex, I'm going to rob you. <laughs> so, you know, you just got to, you just got to be, vigilant and yeah Medellin though has become one of the most popular destinations that people want to visit so when you're going to Colombia certainly Bogota but also Cartagena and Medellin if you have time to go outside of the capital should be at the top of your list Cali eh maybe if you want something edgy go do it I'll see you there we'll be partying in San Antonio but definitely Bogota definitely Cartagena and then if you have time for an extra city Medellin and what else should we mention about Colombia? Have we... All right. I have one thing to say about Colombia that I, you absolutely missed out on that okay. um, I think about some of the weird, weird shit that I've done that I look back and I'm like, what? And one of those things was in Colombia. So you definitely missed out on this. I know you didn't do it because you didn't go to Cartagena. And um, this is about maybe an hour, I think north on the coast but it's along the coast from Cartagena and it's called the El Totumo mud volcano T-O-T-U-M-O I think in Spanish it's like El Volcán de El Totumo whatever but um it's in Santa Catalina so it's literally Colombia's smallest volcano and it's mud it's minerals so you get there and it's on the edge of a lagoon you get there and you kind of walk up this little path the volcano itself is only like 50 feet high it's really small you walk up this little path and you're in a bathing suit that you don't mind if it gets dirty or whatnot and you climb down the ladder into this 
mud volcano. It's mud that has minerals in it. It's warm mud and it's minerals that's supposed to have, you know, like healing properties allegedly or whatever, but it only allows maybe 10 to 20 people at the same time. So it's like you and a bunch of strangers in mud and you go down into it. And if you see it on Facebook or Instagram or a place, you know, they tout it like you go down in and the healing properties and that it's super fun and whatever. I found it to be really, really odd, but I also found it to be very kind of creepy. So is the mud actually in the crater? Like, are you in the volcano crater? It is. It's very small, and you just climb down into this mud soup. Now, because of all the minerals, I'm not sure the science behind it, but the weird thing is that you can't sink. It's it's kind of that thing like the Dead Sea. You cannot sink. So you go into the mud, and you're just bobbing in this soupy, runny mud shit stuff, and you're bobbing in it, and you are so buoyant and you can't like you can jump up and down in it but you can't sink i wonder and how it, far down the mud goes well i think it's the volcano is 50 feet i don't think it goes any further oh. but there are these men already in there who kind of I don't know if they work for the volcano but there are men down in there and you get in and the men massage you and it's like a creepy massage. And also one of the girls, when I went, like we were in there and she's like, oh yeah, this guy asked if he could like finger me. And I said, yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> so there's like under the mud, creepy stuff going on and happy endings, sort of mud stuff. And you're in there with all these other people. It's this runny mud. It does feel weird. It does feel good on your skin. It's kind of probably this cesspool of... God only knows what. I mean, at one point I saw a Band-Aid float by and I was like, <laughs> you know, so disgusting, but still like weird and you're still putting it on you and it's, it's healing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Afterwards, my skin was like baby butt smooth. But so these men massage you, but also just disclaimer, you know, when they come up to try and touch you and massage you and rub the mud on your body, you can be like, no, no, I'm all set. And they just like kind of swim away and go to somebody else. So I found that to be a little odd, but just the fact that you can't sink. It's this bizarre mud pit. And then you climb out and you're covered in mud and you walk down to the lagoon and you get in the water and then women wash the mud out of every crack and crevice for you in the lagoon. So it's very... If you don't like to be touched, this would not be the thing for you. No, I would be... Because you're having, like, men massage you and women wipe you off. And I think you have to pay them both or something. It was all very strange. Do the I... women wash every nook and crevice of the men, too? Or just the women? I think they do. I don't remember there being men washing people off. And of course, it's like, it's up the coast from Cartagena, and it's kind of a poor area. So I think you know, this is a good job because you can get tips that that's your job to wash the mud off of tourists in the lagoon. Oh, and then you go and you kind of sit in the lagoon and say, you know, I had on a two-piece bathing suit. They take off your top and wash off the top and you're sitting there topless and then they scrub you and they give you your top back and they do the same thing with the bottom and you're sitting there naked for a minute in this lagoon. Is it co-ed? Very. Oh, yeah, there's Awkward. just people dotted everywhere, and you're just sort of covered in mud, and it was just so bizarre. It wasn't entirely 
bad. <laughs> and afterwards, my skin did feel weird, but only a certain amount of people from our tour did it. And that night, the group that I hung out with, my friend, and then we befriended this married couple and the married couple's brother, and the five of us hung out the whole time together. They didn't go. None of them went, the other four, and I did. And so afterwards, they're like, what was it like? And I was like, Jesus Christ, I can barely even tell you. It was one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever done, and I have done some weird shit in foreign countries. Can you um, imagine reading that in a guidebook and going there on your own? <laughs> well... I saw it recently, and I'll send it to you, um, on Instagram, and they tout it as so fun and cheery and not at all creepy, and I had to comment on Instagram that this does not even do it justice, and that it's like you can get felt up in this mud pit. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe there are lots of people who did not have that experience, but like I said, I opted not to be felt up. I think I let somebody like rub mud on my back, but the ones they started like ass grabbing and boob grabbing I was like oh no gracias and I just sort of like <laughs> bobbed away but um that and being beaten with birch branches in Russia are up there with the weird things that I've done on trips but you know if you want to float in mud with 10 to 15 of your closest friends um I hope nobody's peeing in there I don't fucking know oh you know they are of course there. When you're really thinking oh. about it, it is a disgusting, festering bacteria pit. Um, I wonder but, if it ever gets clean. Like, how do you clean a volcano? You don't. It's just mud. It's... Ugh. I... Yeah. Oh, and people um, are putting that shit on their face? Exactly. Uh, exactly. At least the um, Dead Sea is... Big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the comments on the Instagram of people being like, how disgusting, oh my god, gross, and um, yeah, it's one of those novelty things. I don't know what I thought it would be. I went back and I looked at the itinerary on that exact tour, and they don't have it on there anymore. Yeah, it's it was a, sounding good until you mentioned the peeing in there, and I started well, thinking I mean, about it. Really because, I mean, I'm, the getting felt up doesn't bother me. I'll take it where <laughs> I can get it. But yeah. rubbing pee mud all over my face, I'm like, I might, you know, I mean, speaking of fetishes, some people might put exactly. that on the top of their list now, but I will like scratch I it said, off of mine. Right. When I saw the Band-Aid float by, I was kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was just sort of like, oh, I, I don't know. I can say I've done it, and it was truly odd. And Maybe that's having... why you look like 20 years younger, Dylan, because I keep telling you, every time you mention your age or your birthday, I'm like, oh my God, seriously, every time you mention it, I seriously think you're 10 years younger than you tell me you are. Maybe that's why, because you put shit right. piss mud all over your face exactly. maybe we should start rubbing piss and mud all over our face and band-aids and we're gonna wake up tomorrow and look 18 again that's right it's because i slathered bacteria mud all over my body in colombia in 2015 or we should just try to go start diving in volcanoes and seeing what see, minerals we can find but it's stuff like this that I'm like, reasons why I will survive coronavirus. One, I've used a public bathroom in the Castro at a gay bar in, you know, San Francisco. I think if I survive that, I can survive coronavirus. Yeah, I used to, <laughs> I, I used to drink the tap water in Egypt. For real. So I think um, I'm immune to everything. That I bobbed in like piss and shit mud and dodged band-aids in a Colombian volcano. Yeah, honestly, if corona's gonna take me down, I don't want to jinx myself. But it's stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I ate chocolate-covered ants. <laughs> um, yeah, think of all the weird street foods. You're going to be ready when Corona takes out everybody, and it's just like those of us left who have, you know, had shit piss mud on our face and drink tap water in third world countries. It's going to be like Survivor, literally. We're going to be down to about 12 of us, and then you're the one that's going to have to repopulate the earth because you will actually eat 
chocolate-covered ants and termites, and I will not. I will starve. Um, yeah, I feel like it's just been training. You know, people may have laughed, you know. Yeah, I will be wielding a crossbow getting you food. So who's <laughs> laughing now, bitches? <laughs> if you go to Colombia and you go to the um, mud volcano, hit me up <laughs> to my Instagram. Let me know what you thought of it. I really want to know other people's opinions. Or if you've been, some people can say, what, I had a totally different experience. You are a crazy woman. Or yes, it was just as creepy and festering. And we should know. probably let people know, I put this in the show description for the first episode. And I'll do it again each episode. But for people listening, your Instagram, Delany, is what? Uh, the Wandering View, T-H-E, so the- Wandering B-U-E. The Wandering Bue, yes. B-U-E. Because nice. of my last name. Yeah, a little play on words. And you are much <laughs> much easier to remember. So my travel blog, my general travel blog, is called jetset.ninja. .ninja is actually the domain extension. You know, instead of .com, .ninja mm-hmm. is actually a domain extension. So jetset.com, .net, .everything was taken. But .ninja was available, and I'm like... I can make something out of this. So my travel blog is jetset.ninja, one of them. And my Instagram name is also at jetset.ninja. I wanted to get Jetset Ninja. It was squatted on by some guy in the Middle East. And I messaged him many times asking if I could have it. He never responded. And so I just made, since the website anyway was jetset.ninja, I just made my Instagram jetset.ninja also. And how about, did I tell you about five months ago that mofo emailed me out of the blue? Or DM'd me on Instagram and he was like, hey... I have Jet Set Ninja. Do you want it? And I'm like, I did in the past. Not (laughs) now. I've been trying to ask you for ages. I mean, I built a whole brand around Jet Set Dot Ninja. Now I'm not switching. But you lost that one, Mofo. But (laughs) yes, I am Jet Set Dot Ninja on the gram. Follow us both on Instagram. Um, I do mostly stories as posts, but I also save my stories. I do Um, stories too. I don't do... You save them? um, You mean like tack them up on the top of the profile as permanent Um, yeah you can save them like if you go into my profile you can see a whole bunch of cities and countries that i saved photos of i haven't done as much of that as i need to people can go back and look at some of the places that i've been able to do of course i've only been on instagram since late 2016 early 2017 so there's a lot of stuff not on there for instance columbia Um, and also i lost my phone in a mangrove swamp in columbia and so what is a mangrove swamp Well, another thing you can do when you go to Cartagena um, that I didn't talk about, but super brief, it's called La Boquilla Mangrove. (laughs) Mangrove, (laughs) I don't know. And um, it's this huge, huge, huge mangrove swamp. And you go and you get in these Did you rub the mangrove swamp water all over your face? (laughs) I did not. Next time. That was probably a lot better than the, the piss mud. But you get in these boats, these wooden boats that kind of have almost like a gondolier type of person. And you go through these mangrove swamps and it's really, really cool. And at some point I either dropped my phone in the mangrove swamp or I left it in one of the boats or whatever. And let me tell you, not having your phone in a foreign country, I had nothing to do the rest of that trip and the flight home was miserable not having music (laughs) books magazines email um the very first thing i did when i landed in miami was go to the sprint store and buy myself a new phone which incidentally cost more than the trip did so there's some piranha swimming around in the mangrove swamps with an iphone well A bunch of people on my trip thought that it was stolen and you can wipe your iPhone, you know, so that when somebody tries to turn it on, it immediately wipes the second it hits Wi-Fi. 
and um, I did that and it's never been turned on. So I don't know if, if somebody did find it and used it, but yeah, I lost my iPhone somehow in Colombia, and I had to buy a brand new one and it sucked. Yeah, there's probably a piranha down there in the bottom of the swamp on Tinder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for fish. Isn't there a, um, an app called Plenty of Fish? Oh, there are. I think there is. He's probably on that one. Oh my God. Plenty of fish is the bottom of the barrel of... The bottom of the swamp. <laughs> the bottom of the swamp. It is like shooting fish in a barrel. The bottom of the barrel of dating apps. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but oh, yeah. I was on Plenty of Fish for about five minutes before I was like, <laughs> I can do better. Well, the yeah. piranha deserved that for stealing your iPhone. The twos and threes of the world are on... <laughs> We should call it a day. All righty. Awesome. Well, everybody, we will see you in the next episode. There will be more crazy adventures that we'll have to talk about. Deli and I are an incessant pool. It sounds like cesspool. An incessant exactly. pool mud. volcano <laughs> of these types of stories and are happy to share them. And we will do a lot more of that coming up on the next episode of Shiny Razor Wire. So with that, we'll say adios and we will see you all next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.